You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. eBay Motors is here for the ride. Remember when you first saw the potential? And then through some elbow grease, fresh installs, and a whole lot of love, you transformed 100,000 miles and a body full of rust into a drive that's all your own. Look to your left. Look to your right. It's official. No one's got a ride like this. There's nothing else that sounds like, feels like, or looks like the set of wheels in your garage. With over 122 million parts, you can make sure your number one ride or die stays running smoothly, so there's no limit to how far you can take it. Brake kits, turbochargers, engines, exhaust kits, roof racks, LED headlights, bumpers, whatever your baby needs, eBay Motors has it. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, it's guaranteed to fit your ride the first time, every time, or your money back. Plus, at these prices, well, you're burning rubber, not cash. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. For all NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. What up, y'all? It's Golden Spaces, an Odyssey original podcast with Justin and Nat. To all of my 49ers fans on here, (laughs) my mutuals from Twitter, anybody who follows me, I know many of you know that I'm an Eagles fan. Congrats. Y'all got us. Y'all got the Eagles. Yes, it was an embarrassing loss. Blah, 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 all the things. And I don't give a fuck. You didn't win the (laughs) Super Bowl tonight. You didn't win the NFC Championship, all right? Like, ain't shit happened, but y'all got some little, you know, bragging rights for a game that ultimately doesn't mean much unless you come back and do it again in the NFC Championship, likely in Philly, because it's going to run through us. So take your little celebrations now, pop off now, talk your shit to me now, because the only thing you're going to be celebrating is this game, okay? That being said, let's move on to um, Warriors. <laughs> what? Just the white laughing at me. <laughs> had to get that off. Had to get that off. Wow. I had to get that off. I had to get that off. Um, <laughs> y'all know I love y'all. And to the people who are Raiders fans, I know y'all with me because y'all don't even like the 49ers. So see, it's, it's, that's, that's what's good. That is not the whole bay that's against me because there's like within the bay. A division, you know. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm a Commanders fan, so I'm with the Niners on this one. So, of course, you're you're an ass. Like you, you <laughs> Chiefs. I got and, you. And no, nah, nah, I never. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Against no, the you're Eagles, whack, you're whack for that. I don't oh. see how any. I don't see how any black man is not supporting Jalen Hurts. All right, here we go. That's all I'm saying. That's crazy. Come on, do you see the fits? Like my God. Come on, man. He played for the Patrick Eagles. Mahomes. He plays for the Eagles. I never liked the Eagles ever in my life. So whoever you don't they have to like the Eagles to like to like Patrick Mahomes. He's a very I mean to like Jalen Hurts. Jalen Hurts is a very likable guy. I'm not anti Jalen Hurts. I'm anti Eagles. So okay, but you're anti Jalen Hurts. <laughs> if you're anti Eagles. I'm just Shut saying, up. it's nasty business to be pro Patrick Mahomes and anti Jalen Hurts. It just doesn't seem right. What? 
hey, they happen to meet each other in the Super Bowl. So I I'm just saying, it feels it feels anti-black. No, it doesn't. No, it doesn't. Yes, it does. <laughs> That's crazy. <laughs> wow. People, please do not take me seriously. Next thing you know, they're going to twist this and be like, she was trying to say Patrick Mahomes. It's just, like, it's a joke, okay? But it's, um. it's a little racist. It's a little anti <laughs> <laughs> Oh, man. Listen, y'all, we got to have laughter because the warriors are worrying. Warrioring. <laughs> Not a good right way, bro. Yo, I'm tired of them, man. I like this feels like last season. And the thing about it, Justin, is that I know this team is better than last season. In fact, I think this team is actually more on par with the 2022 Warriors that won. Yeah. yeah. Um, and I'll die on that hill. I will. I'll die on that hill. Okay. And um honestly, I'm exhausted. I'm exhausted from having to explain this on Twitter. And people, you know, it's like, and I just don't understand why people always make these like rules and why everything has to be black and white. Why can't we just have nuance? Like, why can't we just Mm -hmm. have nuance? Like what, why is that such a hard thing to do? Just not Justin, not me. There's no one who right now is going to say that the Warriors are playing great or anything like that. But for one, I just need y'all to stop assessing the Warriors like they are whole. When they start losing, when things happen, y'all act like nothing changed. Y'all act like they just started losing. They went from winning to losing and mm-hmm. nothing happened that contributed to the losses. And this is not done with any other team, right? Mm-hmm. By Warriors fans. I'm not even talking about the outsiders because the outsiders are going to hate. But Warriors fans are now talking about their easy schedule to begin the season. Bro, what are you talking about? The Warriors had, depending on which app or which site you use, had either the first or second hardest strength of schedule to start the season. Right. Facts. Like, what are, what are we even doing here? They <laughs> all, all the teams were missing their, their best player. So... When the when the Warriors now shift to a homestand and mm-hmm. lose Draymond for the bulk of it, and on top of that, lose Steph for two games while mm-hmm. Draymond is suspended. Right. That that doesn't matter though. That doesn't matter. Only when we go places and they're missing their players. Right. Mm-hmm. Honestly, this is analogous to the Eagles and Niners because all I hear about is the players they were missing, but it's like the Eagles have been missing players all season, right? <laughs> you know, I'm just saying, okay, but let's let's keep it with NBA. So you know what I'm saying? Like, I just yeah. don't understand. What why does that not apply the other way? You know? Mm-hmm. And I'm like, this is what I'm trying to say. Do y'all realize how much this is like 2022? The differences in 2020-22, the winning went on a little bit longer for them to have padding. But y'all questioned the wins in 2022 as well. And that's why I I had a tweet the other day that said, the Warriors being a 500 team is not new. It's been like this the last three years. The only difference in 2022 is they stacked some wins at the beginning that it carried them to the end of the season. But the moment they had injuries and players went down, they were a 500 team. Because mm-hmm. someone tried to tell me, oh, they were still winning. No, the fuck they were not. In fact, no, they went they on a 
extended losing streaks. Yeah, they did. So yeah, once Draymond, once they lost Draymond, they were pretty much 500 or even below 500 from that point on. The rest of the season, they just had, they were just like 24 and like eight at that point. Like they were pretty far ahead in the win column. So exactly. they could afford to be mid for the rest of the season. And then they got healthy going into the playoffs in whole. And then it just worked out from there. But And someone said, they just regressed to the mean. I said, do y'all really think that six losses in a row at home is their mean? Is that what you really think? Like, right. be serious. Like, I can't, I can't have serious conversations with people when you're saying stuff like that to me. Like, it, it, when we say, you know, someone tried to say, this is why we're saying they're not a championship team because championship teams don't have slim margins for errors. I said, bullshit. Bullshit. In yeah. 2022, they had a slim margin for error. Things just worked out in their favor. Yeah. And to be quite frank, to be quite frank, the Warriors always, like, it, it's, this is to tell you how great Steph was in 2016, but it, in, in 2015, but it wasn't just Steph. Clay and Dre were better players then. Mm-hmm. And that's really the difference because Steph is still really good, but they, they always lacked a shot creator then, you know, which is mm-hmm. why, you know, when I'm like debating with people, they're just like, you can't win without a second shot creator. I'm like, okay, but the Warriors did in 2015. They didn't just do it. And I said, arguably, I said they did it in 2022 as well because they had Jordan, but after that first series, Jordan wasn't as impactful anymore. And by the finals, it was Steph Mm -hmm. and it was Wiggs. So again, I'm not saying that that's great. Like we all know having that second shot creator is important and needed and we want them to have it. But my point is that they've actually done it more than once without having that. And yes, a lot of things have to go their way. Like when you're winning, when you win a championship, you have to have luck. You do. We know that. But it's not impossible for them to win. But Justin has stated it. I have stated it. Their margin for error is thin. They are not a team that has the luxury of having their second most important player miss games. Also having their best player out for a couple of games. Mm -hmm. Have their other two scorers struggle at the same time mm-hmm. and still win. And yet they've still been in most of those games, Justin. Yeah. I mean, like people looking at this, the their record from a macro sense, like we just we just broke it down. They had a really tough schedule and all type of stuff. And you know, all that has to be taken into account. But even on a micro level, on a game by game basis, every loss hasn't been the same, despite what people were saying. Like the Kings loss. And the Clippers loss, very different, even though they both blew. I mean, even though they blew a lead. Up. Yeah, two leads were given up. You look at the And that's Kings how the team game. looks at it. You heard because you heard their comments after the game, right? They look yeah. at those and then two people, differently. And people are reacting to it like, oh, they're so arrogant. This is why they're not gonna be good, and yada yada yada. And it's like, no, if you actually just pay attention to what happened in both games, they're probably correct, right? You look at the Kings game, and that was just disaster moment after disaster moment. Draymond gets the tech. He fouls for no reason. Steph, crazy turnovers. Like, these are just huge blunders by their players. When you look at the Clippers game, it was like, okay, Dario probably can't guard Harden. So they overcompensate for Dario, and guys get an open shot. It's like little little things over the course of that game. Pajemski just couldn't guard Harden for like a two-minute two stretch, which is kind of to be I think you have Andrew Wiggins in that game, and they win. Right. Yeah, I mean, or even if they play Kaminga more than Pots, like I think there's a good chance that you just that you can win because you have a better athlete on on their athletes. It was little micro things over the course of that 
entire second half that led to them chipping away at the lead. You know, and the Warriors' process was fine. They were getting good shots. They just missed them. Um, I remember Draymond and, and, and Steph both had an easy putback and both just missed a putback, you know. So you look at that game and it's like they played pretty well. It wasn't well. being unserious. It wasn't yeah. just blunders. It wasn't. Yeah. And the Clippers were hitting tough shots like Paul George for the game, you know, between the legs, step back three for the game. It's like, all right. They definitely had some fouls not being called. Yeah. Before we started this, I was looking, I was watching the game back and like they, the, the moving screen is the worst, is the most messed up call in the NBA today. Like they decide when, when they want to call it and when they don't, it's actually ridiculous. But yeah, that, that loss was not the same, even close to the clip. I mean, to the Kings loss. And, um, you know, people just, it's like you just said, it's no nuance. It's just all black and white. Either they suck or. We're going to the championship or something like that. It's... And my favorite now, good teams don't blow 20-point lead. Yes, they do all the fucking time. All the time. <laughs> and yeah. even if they even if they pull out the win, they blow them. Right. The they blow Thunder, them. Thunder just gave up a 30 to zero run. 30 to they? zero. Like they do it all the time. That's what I'm just saying. But because they won and the outcome worked out, then it was just like, oh yeah. See, they still found a way to win. Yeah, okay. Well, they did, but that doesn't that always happen. Yeah, a lot of that comes down to luck as well. And I mean, I don't want it. I mean, some people are gonna gonna take this and, and run with it and say, Oh, we're just making excuses for the team, whatever. Like, I mean, just add nuance, just add context to the situation, you know. Things aren't all like they always say, things are never as good as you as they seem, and things are never as bad as they seem. But for some reason, when people assess this team, it's one or the other. It's hot. It's super hot or super cold. And it's like, they're not, they're not the worst team in the world. You know, they're not playing championship level basketball right now. That's obvious. But to just act like the season's over after 20 games, it's like, all right, come on. Let's just. And to act like there's no potential there. Like right. to me, you've seen it. You've seen the signs and you've seen the markers. Like I'm still just going to keep harping on the fact that this bench on multiple occasions has shown you the ability to score in double digits. Mm-hmm. Multiple guys from the bench. Pods, Moody, Kaminga, Dario. They've all done it on multiple occasions. They've won non-staff minutes. They've pushed leads. Like, I don't see how people, like, that already in itself mm-hmm. is a huge it's advantage. Yeah, it's over encouraging. Last year, mm-hmm. Right? And so that's important. Like, we just can't have Clay and Wiggs struggling at the same time for extended periods of time. You know, like, and I, that's why I try to point out to people like, in the beginning of the year, Clay was playing well. They won those games, right? But then they came home, they lost Dre, Clay was struggling, and Andrew's struggles continued, right? Mm-hmm. Now Andrew gets it together, it looks like, and then. You know, and people are mad at him for jamming his finger in the door. Like, how many times have y'all had accident? Like, shit happens. Like, he didn't do it intentionally. Right. And he tried to play. He wanted to play. Like, it was just clear he couldn't. But, I mean, it sucks. But, bro, like, I've slammed my finger, my toe. Thing. Like, people do that all the time. It's just an accident. Yeah. Stuff like that happens. They still have enough to win these games. And they, they were in... I mean, they were had a hefty lead in this game. And this people, I think, and naturally are going to just be more on the side of pessimism 
because you can look at it one way and say, well, they blew a 20-point lead, but you can also say, well, they got a 22-point lead somehow. Well, that's what I said. I said, you don't get a lead like that if you're just not good. And so then yeah. people want to put up screenshots of the Portland Trailblazers being up 20 on the Bucks. Like, okay, whatever. I mean, people keep bringing up other teams. I don't know why they do that. Like, we're discussing this team. I don't care. What, I don't understand why people bring up other teams. When you're talking but that about also them. doesn't make your point. You know, it's right. like... The Clippers have talented players on their team, okay? Mm-hmm. They have talented players on their team. And I agree, generally speaking, that they have enough to win these games. Um, the Clippers are in a unique spot because they're still trying to figure shit out, right? But, again, I know I'm, like, in the minority, but I'm still not one of those people who just thinks, like, Clippers are done, they're ass for the year, and that's it. I think they're trying to figure shit out with the addition of James Harden. That being said, I hated that Wiggs was going to be injured, like not going to be injured. I hated that Wiggs was going to be out because like, this is a team that you need wings for, you know, athletic wings. And I was like, it just sucks not to have him. So I agree that they could still beat them, but I do think it's a disadvantage not having him even as good as like Kaminga was playing. And so it's just like, whatever, bro, it sucks. But you know, I wish they would have won that game. I think they could have won that game. They didn't win that game. But, you know, I just want them to get back over to 500 and, like, reel off, like, a few wins, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm also just annoyed because I feel like when Andrew comes back now, I don't know how soon his, you know, finger or whatever. So I'm like, are we going to have to now go through another, like, he has to, mm-hmm. you know, get back again? So it's frustrating. Yeah. Hopefully it's something that doesn't linger and you know affects his jump shooting and stuff even more and you know it's just a matter of him getting right mentally and and filling in that role that they need him to fill in but yeah i think they're in a position now to you know string together some games because they got they got huge gaps in between these next few games whether they're on the road or at home they have like two three day gaps in between a lot of these games so they should be able to go into each game with a solid game plan get a lot of practice time in and put their best foot forward and their best product on the floor and hopefully they can just do it for 48 minutes um but um steve is gonna have to allow for that to happen and we'll this episode is brought to you by progressive insurance whether you love true crime or comedy celebrity interviews or news you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue and guess what Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Tuned into Go 
Yeah, let's talk about that. Let's talk about that because um, I personally rolled my eyes when he did the heel turn and said, yeah, man, I went back and looked and I really shouldn't have pulled Moses out then. And, you know, just not good coaching on my part. No shit, Steve. No shit. Yeah. He does that all the time. All the time. That's not something they're like, well, at least I, I don't think we've ever seen him own it. I said, what? What? He He's owns it every time. It's like, bruh, all right. He's we tired. saying, yeah, that wasn't good. I didn't put them in a position to succeed. All the same shit to me. Yeah. yeah. And then making the same mistakes over and over. It's like with him. With Steve, the thing about him that I cannot to this day comprehend and why you're never going to sell me on him is that <laughs> he does this thing of like, you played well, so I'm going to reward you, which I understand. But he takes it to an extreme versus like, yes, I get it. Pods has been playing well, but like, he's not the fucking right matchup, bro. The fucking wing who also played well is the one who needs to be out there. Jonathan fucking Kaminga. Jonathan fucking Kaminga. It's the same it was- reason you sat Moody. Well, the vets, they've won things for us. And mm-hmm. who cares? You're trying to win this goddamn game right now. And Moses Moody is shooting 100 from the goddamn field. Keep him in the fucking game. But but the funny thing is, what did he say after the last Clippers game? This is the best game Jonathan Kaminga played all season. How do you reward him? <laughs> By 16 <benching>. minutes. <laughs> 16 <laughs> minutes the next game and 37 for pods. And this is not an anti-pods thing. It's like understand what matchups makes yeah we love pods just understand what matchups makes the most sense six four pods rookie guarding james harden when he's hot like he's he got it going in the third quarter it was like one or two or three possessions in a row where it was just nothing pods can do with them and he's just generating points whether he's kicking it out or scoring himself it's like okay you just praised Jonathan Kaminga for for how good he's been, how good he played. He didn't foul guys. He, no foul. he had zero fouls last game. Like put him on James Harden. He's a six eight freak athlete that can stay in front of Harden and make him take those contested step backs that he right. wants to take. But and he's not he, shooting that well. And he wasn't. Yeah, and he wasn't shooting that well. Like, but Steve is just like, nah, I'm gonna just keep hot. Like, pause is just our new guy, forty minutes guy. It's like, bro, it's a little bit too much for him, man. Like, let's just keep it real. Good player, like love pods. It's also like just not the right matchup. Matchups, like (laughs) and we saw early on incapable of seeing that in game. I don't know. He because he's not no no no. no. He used to be with me. Say it with me. Say it with me. He's lost it. He's lost it a little bit. Because even beyond (laughs) the ability to stop being good. With your mind, because this is not a this is not a physical thing. That's what's, that's what's so confusing. This that's is not a physical thing. Mind, I understand mind how players stop being good because their physical abilities change. But how does your brain? Your brain is actually supposed to get smarter with age until you're just like old and shit, like old. I mean, old. But he's I mean. not at that age. <laughs> it was but never yes, there. You were correct. You were correct. But beyond pods, the Dario. And the, I mean, the Clippers themselves have one big. Everybody else is wing-sized. So there was points in the game where Dario was on the court and whether there's like a Tice or something in, and they're just putting Dario in the pick and roll, and he has to like, they're panicking because it's like, we cannot switch him on a Kawhi. We cannot switch him on a Harden. We cannot switch him on a Paul George. So they're trying to overcompensate 
and one of the other two is just wide open shooting a, a catch and shoot three. And it's like, okay, Steve, <laughs> how about you put just five wings out there? Since they got five wings out there, where's Kaminga at? Where's, you know, Moody was out there, but like, where's Kaminga at? Like, just put him on the court so he can guard somebody. You need mobility on the court to guard this team. And he kept Dario out there for too long. He kept Pods out there for too long. It compromised their defense. He kept Corey because Joseph out there for too long. Dario's a vet, and that's who he feels safe with. And that's what I'm saying. This kind of shit has to fucking end. It has to end. There's, you know? I took Moses out. I took Moody out. I still can't believe he said that, you know, because, you know, he made it seem like the their goal of winning can't be accomplished unless the vets play. That's yeah. dumb. That's yeah. dumb. Very. It's getting to a point where there's a key stretch in every game where he just completely loses it coaching-wise. Like, he'll just be pretty good for, like, 35 out of the 48 minutes. And that 13 minutes where he's just completely off his head playing the wrong lineup is where they lose the game. I don't even feel like he's pretty good. I just feel like the team is performing well and they're up big, so it's okay. But like anything, especially if there's another good coach on the other side, especially if there's good players on the other side, and we know the Clippers are desperate, teams adjust or they start to play defense or they start to like, you know, whatever. The Clippers weren't trying to lose another game. They desperately needed a win. And you cannot counter. Like once he starts with something and it's working successfully, he like does not know how to to change it up in the moment, in the game. It's always a fucking realization after the fact. And then he realizes the shit after the fact and still doesn't change it properly for the next goddamn game. <laughs> only pods can be rewarded. And you know why pods is the only one who can be rewarded because he's a Kerr guy. He's the kind yeah. of player Kerr likes. Yeah. Which is fucking stupid. It is. It is. I mean, that, that decision ultimately cost him the game, in my opinion. Like I, like I said, I was just watching the game back before we came back on here. They had the game pretty much in complete control until the, the five-minute mark of the third quarter, and that's where Harden started to cook, and then Kerr should have been immediately like, okay, timeout, Pods, you've been hooping, but we got to get some more length onto Harden. Like, Dario, you've been hooping, but we got to get some more mobility on the back end to rotate. We can't just completely compromise our defense trying to trying to hide you, right? But he didn't do that. Um, you know, and I mean, even Loon to a certain extent, and this is this is – kind of what I was alluding to last pod about how Loon has to regain what he was before his mobility has been an issue, right? Like there's been multiple plays of that game where he's just getting beat down the court. And that's just, well, what do you think this is with Loon? Cause I mean, people are like, maybe he's just like falling off and I'm like, I get Loon was always a little, but I'm just like, it just, it was just last year. So is this a conditioning <laughs> thing that he didn't come in conditioned? What, what are you seeing? What do you think it is? Um, I mean, he looks out of shape. He just looks a step slow. Why that is, I'm not entirely sure, right? It could be just a fatigue from playing so many games over the last two, three seasons in a row. Maybe, you know, he's just, he didn't take his conditioning like to heart over the summer. Maybe he was just traveling a lot. I know he had the China trip with, with Clay I for Anthony. I was seeing pictures of Loon working out like on the desert or just doing like some weird crazy sure. where the beach it was maybe. Yeah, I don't think he completely did nothing. But like if you look at him, he's just moving really, really slow. And he looks kind of chubby in his jersey. I'm not going to lie. Like you can kind of see. Oh, yeah? Jersey. Yeah, you can see his stomach through the jersey. I'm not, <laughs> I'm not trying to like put him out there. I got to but... look closer. 
yeah, he just looks a little bit sluggish, right? So he got to get his mobility back because that's what part of the reason what made him such a dynamic player for them because he can guard every position pretty much. Now he's struggling to guard his own position unless it's like a bruiser big like Sabonis that's just going to try to back you down. He can guard those guys well. You know, he guarded Jokic earlier this season better than he's ever have, but it's a trade-off apparently. Like he lost the ability to switch. Um, he gets beaten transition kind of often. Can't close out as fast. You know, like he doesn't really get blocks anymore because he can't get to the ball fast enough. So he's got to get that in order. And I mean, in the meantime, if Kirk can just play trace, that can add another dynamic to this team. And that, I was going to say that earlier. Like, why doesn't he know that he can utilize trace for some of these matchups? I have no clue. He's done it. He's done it with pods. Like, why not? Why not try trace? You know, like he's, he's a good player. You know, and he adds, he just adds something different. The same way Pods is unlike every other player pretty much on his roster, so is Trace, right? He's the only big that can play above the rim on offense and defense. He's a shot blocker. He runs the floor. He can catch lobs. He will dunk on the other team's center, right? I'm pretty sure Steph and Draymond would very much appreciate having a guy who can just catch a lob and dunk it, like, so they don't have to work extra hard to get a bucket. They really needed to have won that game yesterday because they have Portland, then they got OKC away, and then they have three. Two, basically, after Portland, their next game home, they got three games away. And, I mean, we know they can win on the road this year, but it's OKC, Phoenix, neither of those. I mean, none of the games will be easy, and Clippers, you know? So, mm-hmm. um. they just sort of put themselves into a difficult position and I say put themselves because when Draymond chooses to get himself suspended you're choosing that (laughs) yeah you know it's like to me a lot of this shit is self-inflicted you know most definitely and so it's it's unfortunate very I mean and when you lose two games out of your last two out of your last four by one point a piece that makes it even more it's like damn this could be a four game win streak right if they win those two games they take care of business win those games then you go into portland that's likely five game win streak and now you're looking at your record being you know well over 500 at that point but i mean i got a good i, I don't know but i got a good feeling about how they're trending going forward because i think they're refining that identity of ball movement pace control chaos stuff like that they definitely played like that these last two games against the clippers now granted the clippers are kind of like a slow-footed team with no real rim protection so of course they're going to look really good against that type of team but i do think in general the style of play is more warriors like than it's been all season um other than the very beginning of the season but even then they were just playing really really slow and just winning mm-hmm. grinded out game. but uh yeah i got a good feeling i mean they they can get a feel-good win against Portland, right? Blow them out the water. And then with some momentum going into OKC, then you got four days off or three days off until you play Phoenix. So they got some they got some regrouping time. And Phoenix but, yeah. and the um Phoenix and the IST. Yeah. OKC's not. Oh yeah, OKC did make it, right? I think OKC might be in it too. I think uh I think they 
But Phoenix is a wild card. I know that. Okay. Yeah, I think Phoenix. I think OKC didn't. That's why they they added Portland and OKC to the in season tournament week to the Warriors schedule because they didn't make it. But okay, they are a very good team this year, second mm-hmm. in the West. Well, yeah, because the first war, the first in season tournament game for the Warriors was against OKC, and they beat them. So that was one loss they had. Yeah. So yeah, you're right. So yeah, so I mean, whatever, bro. Let's look <laughs> ahead. Let's look ahead. Like it, to me, it's like. I still believe the Warriors have the capacity to win it all Mm -hmm. um, and the talent, but they have to get into a position where they have decent seating, Mm -hmm. you know, and like the winning has to start. Yeah. It has to start. Like you don't want to be in a play-in spot. I think you really forfeited already being like, a top seed a top three seed you know maybe you can get the fourth seed yeah let me look at the standings but i mean they are four and a half games behind the second seed it's possible they got to go on a, a crazy run though like they got to go on one of those like at the end of 2021 when 15 out of 20 beginning of they're not even in the top 10 right now bro yeah they aren't They aren't, but I, I do think it's they can make up some ground. Um, Mavericks were off to a hot start to begin, and now they're only three games over five hundred. Yeah, see what I'm saying? Like these teams are going to start losing. It's just a matter of the Warriors just can't drop games that they have in in the bag. I don't know. Denver is starting to lose at a higher clip, so this is why I, I'm you. I'm right, but I'm using that as an example to tell people. I'm just like y'all telling me the teams always find a way to win, but I said Denver's losing at a higher clip. They're still winning games. I said, but they're losing more games than they were. Right? Like it's because they're down a key guy. Like that's what happens. It's it's not the same when you're missing a key guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it is definitely not. There's three games. Well, it's only technically two because the 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 Timberwolves only have one more win than the Nuggets, but they're three games behind the 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 Timberwolves in the loss column. Yeah, tracks. They they racked up some losses that they probably wouldn't have if they had Jamal. So this that can happen to a lot of these teams. So I'm not I'm not writing the Warriors off from Warriors being able to in the top six. I don't know if that they can finish four because I think I mean um, obviously the Kings, you know, with them to me it's like an injury kind of thing. They can't afford to lose like a Darren Fox, but I don't think they're gonna like go on any kind of crazy losing streak. And to me, the Suns, it's the same thing with them with their health because Devin Booker, you know. I just don't see those teams dropping a lot of games. The Mavs, I never believed in. So I think that they can drop more games. And the Lakers can drop more games. And the, like all those teams from six through, but I, I think, you know, to me, the Suns, they might experience injuries. And I'm not wishing for that, but they could. Like to me, they're a team you got to be mindful for with injuries. And same thing for the Kings, you know? So it's just like, 
but I don't see the Kings like dropping like having a crazy like losing streak. Yeah, and I don't, I don't think it's a matter of those teams having a crazy losing streak. It's more so I think the Warriors could end up just winning a ton of games in a short period of time. You know what I mean? Where it's like double digit wins and like under five losses over a certain stretch. That in itself, like other teams can just continue at their current pace and still get caught up by the Warriors if they do that, you know? Right. Um, that's that's the path. It's going to have to be the path. Because like you said, none of those teams are going to go on a crazy losing streak unless something major happens, which is not likely. So they just got to start piling up wins, um, which is I think it's possible. I mean, I think in the long – I think overall when I look at the team – on paper and just what I've seen so far, I feel like the the foundation for a really good team is there. It's they have there. to be I agree. they have to be mostly healthy. I don't think they have to have every single player available, but they have to be mostly healthy. Stay I think they there. need I think they need Steph and Draymond. Like mm-hmm. yeah. and I do believe that they can win games without Draymond. But I you know the point that I wanted to make is that because I like you, you've said this, and someone was in my mentions, and I had meant to reply, and I didn't. But they were like, you know, Steph is gassed, and he needs more help offensively. Yes, but Steph isn't just gassed because of the offense. He's gassed for a few reasons. He's gassed because they're down guys, and so he's also having to do more on defense, mm-hmm. <laughs> right, to help cover. He's also being played a certain way, right. So it's it's a few things. And like, that's why missing the bodies does ultimately wear, you know, on you because, and then it's like, now you're putting clay on people where I'm not saying that clay's even doing that bad of a job, but it's just like Wiggins would probably be better on those players. Right. And when you're shifting everybody a little bit out of their positions that it all has an effect. It's not like it's, it's, it's over time, but it does have an effect. Right. Mm-hmm. So it's not as simple as, Oh, they just, you know, they need more. Like, they actually are getting the offense. They're getting it. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think. Dario's giving you offense, but like you always point out, he's giving it up on defense. Exactly. And the thing about when you're missing key defensive players, right? Like, when I'm talking about Andrew, I'm not even talking about him for his offense. I'm saying for defense. Yeah, his main role. you're, You're down a GP2. You're down Andrew. So now that weakens your defense. Right. Undoubtedly. There's no, I mean, there's no question. Which then makes you have to do more on offense because you're, you're, you're not, I mean, like you have players that you can put in like Moody and Jonathan Kaminka, but it, it weakens your defense. Yeah. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com.
When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at marines.com. For all NBA, for all NBA warriors, you are now tuned into Golden Spaces with Matt and Justin. Yeah, I think I think ultimately they'll be fine in the grand scheme as far as a regular season. When they it, when it comes to it. they got to get a top six spot. Yeah, that I think they'll get it. And I mean, I think ultimately, when it comes to the playoffs, they, they, I mean, they probably do. They need to fill that role of that other creator somehow, right? Like, you made a good point earlier. You said like 2015, 2016, they didn't really have it, right? But I also just feel like at that time period in the league, they didn't need it as much as they would possibly need it now, just because all the other ten- contenders now are built to kind of guard the Warriors in that way. Like, they're, they're built to kind of take the motion off and stuff away. So it, it turns into Steph, high pick and roll, you know what I mean? And if he the way he did it against Boston, it's like, okay, like, that's all we needed, right? Um, but I do think just to take the burden off of him, that would help to just have somebody that you can just throw the ball to and say, look, you don't need to come off a screen or nothing like that. You can just take your own man and score or create some type of advantage. But other than that, hmm? Where are they getting that from? I know you're saying trade, but I just it could be available via trade. I mean, if it's if it's not, it has to be some combination of Chris Paul and Jonathan Kaminga. It has it has to be somewhere in the roster where it's like the motion off and stuff ain't working. We know Steph can get his own bucket. Somebody else got to be able to at least get a bucket for somebody for for another teammate or for themselves late in the games against these other talented teams because these other teams are going to have two, three guys that can do it. Um, and I think it's just an advantage that they are, or it's, it's a disadvantage if they can't get that, right? It's a, it's a risky disadvantage if they can't get that. And you're just banking a lot on Steph being Superman. No, and- for real. And I look, we've always talked about that. I'm just like, y'all talking all this shit about Jordan, but you're going to miss him on some level. You know, it's like, mm. it, and I and like I made the point to someone too. I was like, look, Jordan wasn't, you know, because someone's like, this is why I trained Jordan Poole. And I'm like, look, Jordan wasn't the level, of, well, at least last year, he wasn't playing like that anyway. So mm-hmm. not in the playoffs, but we know that he does have the ability to do that. And I'm just saying that was always like, okay, you're giving that up with Jordan, and you did you did make the bench better. But then you're back to a situation where you don't have another person like that. Right. And I mean, it's supposed to be Chris Paul, which is like, okay, if this is Chris Paul from like two years ago, 
for sure. But even if it's Chris Paul from two years but ago, but are they relying on him as him creating for himself or just creating for others? Well, if it's the Chris Paul from two years ago, he could do both. But now it's more so like he's just like a facilitator. Now he doesn't even want to shoot as much anymore. But even if he was the guy who can hit his own shot and create for others, you're giving up something on the other end with just the size dynamic, right? right. Like he's a good defender for his size, but there's ultimately you you need it can it can help to have more players that are six six and above, you know, against all these bigger teams. You're just running a risk when you're doing it with those guys. So you hope Jonathan Kaminga can develop into somebody who can just bail out offense. I don't see that happening, you know? but we don't see that happening, right? So it's like I don't see that happening this year. But I feel like yeah. if you try to like bring in someone now for a trade, I I just don't see that all falling in line because to me that's a key guy. It's not like some for sure. It it it's not like a oh it's good you kind of have this guy coming off the bench and mm-hmm. you know it's not like you have a to um, everything up yeah it's not you like a to- um what's 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 the guy Reggie over in a um. Denver? On the Nuggets, Reggie Jackson. Yeah, like someone like a Reggie Jackson is like okay, like he's coming off their bench, but you see how they've thrown him into the starting lineup, and he's had like you know, like mm-hmm. someone like that's a little different. He's a vet coming off yeah. the bench, but that would even something like, but they're not getting a guy like that. Any of the trades we're talking about, or at least that I've heard packed up, that's a major. You're bringing in a starter. Yeah. You're bringing in a starter and you're bringing in someone who immediately leaps to like second in the hierarchy on offense. Right. Um, Like that's a huge change. And that's a lot of like egos. Like that to me, that's just not something you can do mid season with this team. Yeah. And it, it could be something where it's like, all right, like the Wiggins trade, we did it mid season. It didn't mean anything for that season, but it might mean something for next, which is like, damn. But I, I feel like you do that when you're giving up hope of winning this season. Maybe. Maybe. But I, I don't mean, think like, you I do it in the risk. season when you have a chance. And I feel like at this point, they don't have the ability to throw away Steph's seasons. They've already done that, like, more than once already. For sure. I mean, I think there's risk associated with everything. But once you get to the trade deadline, you look, you say, well – are we eighth right now? Are we, you know, where are we in the standings? How are we playing? Are we trending up towards what we supposed to be looking like with this specific roster? If those answers are no, then you got to take a, definitely got to take a look. At Agreed. That. If they're still meddling like this. Yeah. Then yeah. Like, yeah. We, we probably don't got it this season unless we, you know, we probably just don't got it this season. So let's just get ready for the next season or at least just go forward with a, with a move that can set us up for, the rest of the season to change or next season, something like that. So, um, and I do think when you look up and down this roster with the depth that they have at every position or most position, like if you trade, let's say X, Y, and Z player, you know, you have another player behind that guy that can reasonably fill in for the role of whoever goes out. Right. Like we can all agree Draymond is pretty irreplaceable. Steph is Steph, you know, but beyond that, I feel like Clay is in that, in that category as well, but a lot of other people don't, but beyond those guys, everybody on this roster. Even if Clay is irreplaceable in terms of like his own gravity and spacing that he provides, I still feel okay. If you put Moody behind Clay, not like as good. Yeah. Depending on who the guy that you bring in is. 
Right. I mean, I, I but I mean, I even like right now, like if there's a game that Clay can't play or something and they give Moody the start, yeah. I, that's what I'm saying. When you say someone behind them, that's all. Yeah, yeah, for sure. For sure. I feel like there's not even, it, it's not the same levels. I want to be clear. It's not the same levels, Clay, but I just feel like there's no one you can offer behind Steph or Dre. Like I feel like those two right. are just absolutely no one. one. Yeah, absolutely no one. Um, I mean, you might even, kind of throw Dario in there because he's the only big that can shoot. But um, obviously you can just find, depending on who you bring in, if you bring in a big that can shoot, now Dario becomes less valuable um, as far as like the scarcity of his skill set on the, on the roster. But yeah, so knowing that you have a bunch of guys who can do a lot of the same things or at least approximate the same value, it makes you a little bit more I wouldn't say a, a little bit more secure in the fact that you can bring in a new guy and still not miss or at least not, you know, have a void left by the guys you send out, depending on who they are. Um, so I think this is why they brought Chris Paul in a part of the reason. I mean, Steph and those guys wanted him, but also his contract is very tradable and you can you can pivot off of it at any moment and it you know, it doesn't affect you long term. And a lot of teams might be find it attractive because it's expiring and all this type of stuff. So that's always been an option for them. And I think it just might have to continue to be an option. Like they got to keep their options open. I just don't see some of these trades where people talk about Wiggins to Toronto. I don't think. Yeah. And I don't think Masai is doing that. I think the only player that the Warriors have who Masai would even be remotely interested in is Jonathan Kaminga. Right. I mean, Wiggins makes $24 million, So most of the trades for the guys that they would need to fill this void are not making $24 million. And his contract plus Kaminga's contract is only like 30 So those guys aren't really making 30 You know what I mean? Like, Markkinen is making 18 He's a guy that if, if, if they got Markkinen, I would feel very confident in them being a championship team either this season or next season. But I don't think – Wiggins is the piece that you need to move in these scenarios because the role that he that he fills, you know, the team is just better if you keep Wiggins. If that makes sense. So like, who who is it? I mean, it, it has to be CP three, the contract, the thirty million. Right, we know that, but the young players they have that teams would be interested in are, I think, I still think, even though as well as Moody is playing. I think more teams would be interested in Jonathan Kaminga still. For sure. And it has to be Jonathan. I mean, like, love Jonathan. I think he's been misused. And I think it's unfortunate the way that his career has gone so far as far as, like, the development. Right, but I'm just saying, is that enough? Like, I don't think, like, you're, like, CP3, people were taking that because it's an expiring. But, like, Mm -hmm. is Jonathan Kaminga and a CP3 expiring enough to get you the player that you need? You got to throw in picks. You got to throw in first rounders. They got first rounders throw in. Yeah, they got them. I think there's a cap to how many they can throw in. I think they can throw in a maximum of two, maybe three. But if you throw a, a distant first rounder out there, it might be value. Teams might say, okay, in in four years, Steph's going to be, I don't know, thirty nine. That first round pick is pretty valuable, right? Because the Warriors are probably going to not be that good around that time. So if you throw that in, along with a guy who can immediately help rebuild whatever you want to rebuild, like Jonathan, and then you have a contract that you can just do away with, Chris Paul, I think it's a pretty attractive package, but it's a matter of if those teams think it's attractive and if other teams have a better offer than the Warriors offer. Um, so 
I don't know. I mean, I would be all in on the Utah thing. I would be all in on Larry Market, and I wanted him this summer. Are I wanted JP. Him? Has his name Who been? Who? I mean, I think I saw some type of rumors about like the the Jazz aren't going anywhere, so they might just try to pivot off of the big contract guys and just go complete rebuild. Um, also, Larry Market is dead in the middle of his prime. Like, I don't think he wants to waste away in the, on the Jazz. So. He could become available. He only makes 18 million, but he only makes 18 million next year as well, which would be like a huge contract. Like he's well above that contract. Like he's closer to 40 million dollar player. Um, which will probably be much easier to help you re-sign Clay at a number that makes sense and stay under the second apron. So I'll be all in on marketing. The whole Toronto thing, who knows what Messiah Ujiri is going to ask for Siakam or something like that. But I think he's another player that would put them dead center in contention, like legit title contention for this year and next year. So it's just a matter of what do they look like at the trade deadline it's from a record standpoint, from a performance standpoint, and, you know, like how available are those guys at that point in time. Right. All right. Well, there you have it, guys. We recapped, told you what we think, looked ahead, they play their next game on what day versus Portland? Wednesday? Wednesday. They got a long time to get this to get it right. Yeah. So until next time, guys, we appreciate you tuning in with us. Make sure you are subscribed to Golden Spaces. Uh, make sure you are following us on Twitter and Instagram at Golden Spaces Pod. You can find us under 95.7, the game's YouTube channel. You should be subscribed to them as well. So that way you get the notifications when we drop a new episode. Leave us a positive review. Leave us a five-star rating. We appreciate you so much. Take care.